Okay, please, everyone, take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And uh, the title of this message today is uh, simply Choices. Choices. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, what does a choice do in our life? How, how does it affect us and those around us? And uh, very, very important. We're going to be uh, looking at the life of Joseph one more time. And uh, last week we talked about Joseph and, and his brothers and discovered how love is stronger than hate. Love is stronger than hate. Very interesting, and I won't give any names, but after the message last week on, on love being stronger than hate, I had someone come up to me and said, Pastor Dan, after that message today, there's someone that I need to go to today and ask for their forgiveness. I said, when you do that, you come. I'm not giving any names. When you do that, you come and tell me how that worked out. Well, they came uh, and showed up and told me that it was just like the weight of the world lifted off their shoulder when they asked someone to forgive them. They actually said they hated that person, and God gave them, I'm not going to say love, but, but, but they're, they're getting along, okay? And that, that's a good thing. That's a big thing. So we know that love is stronger than hate. As I was studying the life of Joseph, I was stumped by a few verses, stumped by a few verses that I really feel we need to look at today. It just really bugged me. I didn't understand it because if you recall, Joseph had 11 brothers. There were, there were 12 of these guys and, and, and like 10 of them just wanted nothing to do, do with Joseph. They hated him. They couldn't stand him. They couldn't say a kind word about him. But Joseph, there was something different. And what was different? That just bugged me. I wanted to know what was different about him so I can be like a Joseph and that God can speak to me. Those verses are in chapter 37. And look at verse number 5. I just want to read a little bit. Keep your Bibles handy today. We're looking at several verses. In verse 5 it said, Joseph had a dream. And that dream came from God. Joseph had a dream. All right, that's awesome, but what about Simeon? What about Reuben? What about the rest of them? No, it's just, just Joseph. Look at verse number 9. Then he had another dream. That really bugged me. It seemed like God kept speaking to Joseph, and God wasn't speaking to the other ones. And then chapter 39, would you look there? Verse number 2, chapter 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. That bothered me. That bugged me. Why Joseph? Why was God with Joseph? If we can get the answer to these questions, then we can have some assurance in our life that God is going to be with us, and God is going to speak to us, and God is going to have a plan for us. We need to understand what was different about Joseph than everybody else. So as I struggled with these questions the last couple weeks, I begin to see in the scripture that God is reaching out to Joseph, but he's reaching out to all of us. And how we respond really depends if God's going to keep speaking to us or not. See, God spoke to Joseph. That was God's part. Joseph responded to God. That was Joseph's part. And as Joseph and God had this communication going on, God began to speak even more because God knew he can trust Joseph. So with that in mind, God has a plan for my life and your life. He's calling each of us. He understands there's still some oxygen in our lungs and there's a reason for us to be here. So we need to understand how to respond to God's plan. 
Life is full of choices. Do you know why you're at church today? Because you chose to be here. That was simple. Do you know why you are where you are in your life today? It's because of all the choices you made up to this point. And where you're going to be five years from now is really depending upon all the choices you're going to make between now and then. And if we want to grow in our relationship with God, it's choices that we have to make. That when God begins to speak, that we begin to listen. Very, very simple, really, but not easy. God reached out to Joseph. And Joseph here in the scripture had a decision that he had to make. Would he reach out to God? Would he follow God? Would he obey God? Or would Joseph be like his brothers and just do their own thing? The choice that he made came with a fight. And I really thought it was interesting. The word from the Lord this morning said that we need to be ready and we need to get our armor on because that really is just lining up with the word of God, what he wants to say to us today. The fight in Joseph's mind was not just, should I obey God or not? The fight that Joseph had to follow God was this. Satan was trying to stop Joseph from doing what God wanted Joseph to do. And every time he made a right decision, he was fighting Satan. He had to put his armor on and get ready for a fight. And Satan was trying to stop God's will in Joseph's life. We know the end of the story, if we do know the story of Joseph. The end of the story was that the Joseph lived an amazing life for God. Joseph touched a nation. He saved a nation. And therefore, we understand it's imperative that Joseph made the right decision in his life with God's help. So here it is. How, how did Satan fight him? What battles did Joseph have to, had to win in order to do God's will? If I were to ask you, and I asked a young man in this room before church today, I said, hey, I'm talking about how Satan tries to fight us in different ways to keep us from doing God's will. The young man just kind of smiled and said, man, he comes at us with all kinds of ways, many different ways, and you know that's true. I can only look at four different ways today that Satan tries to stop us uh, from fulfilling God's will. You could probably add to the list. And if you're in your life groups, that's one of the questions in there. How else does Satan try to hinder us? And, and you're going to get to that. How did Satan try to stop Joseph's dream? We remember the story that Joseph had a dream that the sun and the moon, recognizing his mother and father, were going to bow down to him. He had a dream that, that, that all the wheat was standing up and all the wheat was going to bow down to him. He had a dream that those that are older are going to submit to him. It made no sense. He didn't understand it. It was totally against their culture. But he had a dream and he had to submit that dream to God. So Satan tried to stop it. The first way we see in Joseph's life that Satan tried to stop Joseph's dream was through temptation. I believe I put on the notes today the sexual temptation because that was true for Joseph, but it could be any kind of temptation. Satan knows where we are weak. He knows where we are struggling. He knows where we don't have much strength. And where, whenever God begins to use us and say, I have a dream, I have a plan for you, I'm ready for you to step out, Satan's going to come and throw all kinds of attacks at us in our area of weakness. This is what he was doing to Joseph. So after Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, no less, God was still with him. 
I want us to look here at, at, at the scripture in Genesis 39. I want to look at verse number 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in, the eye, in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. Joseph was hated by his brothers. His brothers sold him into slavery. In slavery, Potiphar pulled him out of slavery, put him in charge of his household, and God was blessing him even though he was a slave and a servant. Joseph worked hard as a servant. Joseph was faithful in the little things. And God began to lift him up. Joseph put his future and his dream in the hands of God. He said, God, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it because I'm a slave. I'm a servant. There's nothing I can do about it. But he was at peace with this. And then Satan stuck his big, ugly head into the picture and tried to take him down. Have you ever had Satan try to take you down? Man, I have. Here's how it happened with Joseph. Joseph's weakness must have been the ladies. How many of you have a weakness with the ladies? Don't answer me. And look at verse 6. Now Joseph, the end of verse 6. Joseph was well built and handsome. How many of you can relate? And after a while, his master's wife, wife, wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Well, Pastor Dan, you shouldn't be talking about these things in church. Sorry, it's in the word. But he refused. Joseph was a man. This was his weakness. I know this was his weakness because that's how Satan tried to take him out. And he, he said, he refused. He said, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. Now get this. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? You do realize that when we sin, we don't sin against man, first of all. We sin against God, first of all. And he understood that. He was going to sin against God, and then he was sinning against Potiphar. But God first. And then verse 10. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, you know, temptations, you defeat temptation once, and guess what? Tomorrow it's going to come knocking at your door. And you defeat it on Monday, and guess what? On Tuesday it's going to come knocking at your door. Satan is trying to take you out because God has a plan for your life. Please hear me. And though, she spoke to Jay, uh, and, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or, God bless him, or even be with her. Folks, don't keep the temptation just hanging around just in case. If you have a problem with, with women, get, get rid of women. I mean, don't get rid of them, but stay away from them. Okay? There's, a, there's a difference. If you have trouble with alcohol, don't keep it in the fridge. If you have trouble with these things, stay away from it. That's, that's what it is. Or even be with her. And, and then verse 11. 
But one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. Whoa, that's strange. She caught him by the cloak and said, See, she dismissed everybody else. The temptation is getting stronger. You defeat it on Monday, Tuesday it's stronger. And Wednesday it's stronger, and we better put on the full armor of God, and we better get ready to fight, because Satan's coming against us to take us down so that we will not be doing what God wants us to do. Come to bed with me, exclamation. And he said, okay. No, we wouldn't be reading about Joseph. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. What did he do? He ran out of the house. Satan's great fight against Joseph's dream and future was temptation. And every one of us are going to be tempted in some ways. I asked an older minister, this was 30 years ago, he was probably really old, like 60. And I said to him, I said, Pastor Dana, I said, do you, get, do you ever get so old you're not tempted anymore? And you know what he said? He didn't say anything, he just started laughing. Now I get it. God has a plan, God has a future for us, Satan knows what that is. He may not know the details, but he knows that God has a plan. So Satan's going to try to take us out. Put on the full armor of God. Boy, that was a good word this morning. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Protect yourself. And this is what he did. He ran out of the house. And what was Joseph's reward for faithfulness? I mean, he was rewarded for faithfulness, so surely everything got good. His reward for faithfulness was this. He got thrown in prison. He got thrown in prison. But that's not the end of the story. Let's look at the second thing Satan tried to do. I call it discouragement. Chapter 39, in verse number 20. Discouragement. Joseph's master took him, put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And while Joseph was there, so I just want to stop there. I'll read on in a moment. His reward was prison. He was lied about. He was accused. He was guilty without evidence. He was thrown into prison. And we say, seriously? I thought when you served God and were faithful and you did everything right, that everything was good. Not in, not in this world. That would be very discouraging when you're doing everything right and nothing goes right. Have you ever done everything right by the book and it just seemed like everything was just falling in around you? You get discouraged. You get frustrated. You get upset. And we say things like, where are you, God? God, you could have stopped this if you wanted to. How come you didn't stop it? And it gets very hard. It gets very... Uh, disheartening, and, and we say, you know, what's up with that? What's up with God? And Joseph had the same emotions that we have, and we have to fight this with God's help. And what was God doing at this time? Don't lose sight of what God was doing. In verse number 21, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Even though Joseph was in prison, even though he was discouraged, 
don't miss this, God was still with him. And we may not be going through everything we were hoping to, and our life may not be what we expected, but I want to remind you, God still has a plan, He has a future for you, and God is with you no matter what the circumstances look like. That's what the Word says. So what did Joseph do? He continued to work hard. He was faithful in the small things. He put his future and his dream in the hands of God. And God showed him kindness and favor. And yes, he was still in prison. But that's not the end of the story. Let's move on to the third weapon that Satan tried to use against him. And that was loneliness. Loneliness. Chapter 40, verse number 23. The chief cup bearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Loneliness. While he was in prison, two servants of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh's like the king, like President Obama. He was, he's the man. Two servants of Pharaoh were also there, the cupbearer and the baker. Both had dreams. They couldn't interpret the dreams. So they came to Joseph and said, told them his dreams. Joseph said, with God's help, I can interpret those dreams. So Joseph prayed. God gave him the interpretation. He gave the interpretation to the cupbearer and to the baker. He told them what it was. He told the cupbearer he was soon to be released. He was going to have his job back. But he said, hey, Mr. Cupbearer, when you have your job back, would you please remember me? Would you please tell Pharaoh about me so that he can get me out of this place? And the cupbearer said, yeah, no problem. I'll remember you. The cupbearer lied. Forgot. So here's Joseph. He's lonely. Two more years he's in prison. Two more years he's there and he's just all by himself. Have you ever been lonely in a crowd? And he's lonely and he's saying, why God? Here I am God. Don't you care God? He continued to be faithful in the small things. He continued to put his future and his dream in the hands of God. And there are times when circumstances are not going as we hoped, and, but we need to look around in those times and see all that God is doing. Folks, when it's tough and when it's hard and it's difficult, God is still working. And we need to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and begin to write down everything God is doing because God is still working because God cares and he loves you. But he was lonely, and his friends let him down. This system let him down. Would he ever get out of prison? Terrible time of loneliness. But that's not the end of the story. And then a fourth thing that Satan tried to do to take him out was bitterness. Bitterness. And with all the pressures mounting, Satan is trying to use bitterness to keep him and to keep us from God's plan. At this point, Pharaoh had a dream. And no one could interpret the dream. And all of a sudden, the cupbearer had his brain back. And he said, oh, I know a guy. And he remembered Joseph. And they brought Joseph out of prison. And they, they showered him. They got him cleaned up. He stood before Pharaoh. He stood before the president. Joseph now is 30 years old. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. Now he's 30, 13 years later. 
And he's standing there before this, the most powerful man on the earth. And, and Pharaoh said, can you interpret my dream? He says, no, but God can. Gave him glory to God. And Joseph prayed to God. God gave Joseph the interpretation. Joseph gave the interpretation to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was so pleased that he elevated Joseph to be second in command to the most powerful man in the world, to the most powerful nation on planet Earth. And he was only 30 years old. A lot happened between 17 and 30. That was 13 years it happened like that to you and me. And if those of you in this room have some age on you, 13 years is not very long. And God elevated him from a slave to being in prison to be the second most powerful man on earth. That's what God did. Because Joseph had a dream and he put his future in God's hands, and he fought the weapons of the devil. But here's one more weapon that he had to face, and it was bitterness. He had to fight this. Because of all that was going on right then, and I, don't, I won't get into the, the long interpretation, but there was a great famine that lasted for seven years. During this seven-year famine, Joseph, because he understood what God was saying, collected all the grain that he could. After seven years, no one had any food to eat in the known world at that time except Egypt. And if anyone wanted food, they had to go to Egypt to get it. Specifically, they had to go to Joseph to get it. And when they went to Joseph, they had to bow down before him, honor him as a very uh, important man. And then Joseph would determine how much it was going to cost him to buy grain. Joseph is now 37 years old. Two years after that, his brothers finally got hungry. His dad got hungry. They had to come and buy food. Joseph now is 39 years old. His brothers came. Guess what they did? They didn't recognize Joseph because they, they sold him into slavery. They thought he was dead. They had to bow down. The dream was fulfilled. Joseph recognized them. What was going through Joseph's mind? Here's what Satan was saying. This is what you've been waiting for. This is your opportunity. You have the power to kill them. You have the power to imprison them. You have the power to get even with them. You have the power to do to them what they did to you. That's what Satan, I know it's what Satan, don't you think, if you were Satan, isn't that what you would say? Joseph had a choice to make. Is he going to follow Satan? Is he going to follow his own desires? Or is he going to totally trust God with his future? That's a decision that he had to make. You know, looking back, if Joseph would have killed his brothers, there would be no 12 tribes of Israel. There would be no Egyptian story. There would be no Moses story. There would be no Passover. There would be no nation of Israel. There would be no city of Jerusalem. There would be no place for Jesus to be born to fulfill prophecy. It was all based on a decision that this young 39-year-old man had to make. Am I going to trust God with my future? Am I going to trust God even with my past? Or am I going to take my situation in my own hands? It's a big decision. All of us are faced with a decision in our life. 
Are we going to trust God or are we going to take matters in our own hands? Wow, it's tough, tough, tough. See, his brothers, they were the reason he was sold into slavery. They were the reason he was in prison. They were the reason he didn't fulfill his plan for his life. They were the ones that took 22 years of his life away from him. They were the source of all his grief. They were the source of his pain. They were the ones that kept him from his father that he dearly loved. They were the ones responsible for his suffering. They were the ones, and they were right in front of him, bowing down to him. All he had to say was the word, and they would be wiped out. And he would feel... There's a word I'm looking for, and I can't think of it. Justified. What would he do? What would you do? So much hatred in our heart for some people, we say, yep, they're done. Joseph, though we can see the story of his life, he looked at how God was with him the past 22 years. He understood that God still had a plan for his life. He understood that God had a plan that man could not stop. He trusted God with his future, put his future and his dream in God's hands. And he understood that God allowed some pain in his life for a higher purpose. What a man. So instead of having his brothers killed, he fed them. And then they had a group hug. And they cried. And the brothers were scared to death. They were scared to death. Joseph said in chapter 45, verse 5, get this. It was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. He wasn't blaming them. 45, verse 7, God sent me ahead of you to save lives. 45, verse 8, it was not you who sent me, but God. Chapter 50, verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He began to see that God had a great plan, and Joseph understood that if he would have stayed home with his brothers, the whole family would have starved to death and been wiped out. So he was willing to go through some suffering and some pain in order to rescue his family and his nation. What a man. What a man. He was a man who trusted God when he didn't understand God. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, you will not always understand everything God is doing. You already know that, don't you? You won't understand God, but we have to trust him like Joseph did. A man who made a choice to love God even when his world was turned upside down. You know, Joseph grew up a lot in those 22 years. At 17, he was pretty bratty. He was spoiled. He was proud. He was self-centered. Not like any of you. But at 39, he was strong. He was humble. He was wise. He was godly. Going through the fire of his life changed him on the inside. Instead of grumbling about everything he was going through, he began to understand that God was working in his life for a greater good. But even that's not the end of the story. 
Joseph died at the age of 110. He started his service in Pharaoh's court at 30. For 80 years, he was second in command to the greatest nation on earth. 80 years, that's, that's a long time. But his last will and testament was this. When I die, when you leave this land and go back to the land of my fathers, the great promised land, I want you to take my bones and bury me in my father's land. That, folks, is a typology for you and me that someday when these bones are dead and hard and dry that we're going to be taken to our father's house up in heaven. That's what this is all about. And that, my friends, is the end of the story. The end of the story is not what happens down here. The end of the story is the decisions we make to get us up there. And Joseph made those decisions to get up there with God. And someday we're going to have dinner with Joseph. Won't that be awesome? And we're going to say, Joseph, why didn't you hang your brothers? No, probably not. Folks, God has a plan for your life. He was 17 when this story began. There's many of us in this room that are 17 and under. God has a plan for your life. Isn't that awesome? But God had a plan for him when he was 39. And some of you are younger than that in this room. And God was still working in his life at 110 years old. None of us are that old. Feels good to be young, doesn't it? See, it doesn't matter how old we are. What matters is our heart. Why did God speak to Joseph? Because Joseph listened. Why did God continue to be with Joseph? Because Joseph continued to make choices to keep his heart in tune with God. That's why he could go through pain and still have a right attitude. I'll tell you, some of these guys in the Bible, they just blow you away when you look at their life. You say, how in the world could they do that? According to the word from the Lord this morning, Satan is fighting against you to stop God's plan in your life. And it's time to rise up, church. And if God is God, how about we serve him? If God is God, how about we rise up and join his team and we allow his spirit, his power to come within us and we surround ourselves with the presence of God and not allow anything to hinder God's plan for our life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how weak you are. Charlotte, your mother would say to me many times, well, Dan, sound a little bit like her. She's in heaven now. I can't do what I used to do. All I can do is pray. I said, Lily, you pray. You pray. I'm going to call Lily up for prayer needs. Sister Jiro, who now is in heaven, I call her up for prayer needs. We need prayer people in the house of the Lord today. We need people that will pray. We need people that will seek God. 
We need people that would say, I don't care how young I am, how old I am. I know God has a plan for my life. And I know Satan's been trying to beat me up and keep me from it. And I'm not going to have it anymore. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to resist the devil. And when we do that, get ready. Because God's going to say, I can trust him. I can trust her. And God will speak. Today, I really, I was asking God, I was praying and said, Lord, how do, I, how do I close this service? Here's what I felt God wanted me to do. He wanted me to have all of you that really felt that you know God has a plan for your life, but Satan's really fighting you to come up here so I can pray for you. You know God has a plan. The devil's fighting you. Come on up here, man. We're going to get some victory today. I, I, I want to I read these songs. I was praying. Let me see. Trouble surrounds me. Chaos abounding. My soul will rest in you. I will not fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. My help is on the way. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. My foes are many. They rise against me, but I will hold my ground. I will not fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. My help is on the way. Oh my God, he will not delay. My refuge, my strength always. I will not fear. His promise is true. My God will come through. Those of you that are standing here, do you believe that? My God will come through. I don't know why you're going through trials. I don't know why you're going. I, I, all I know is that God was with Joseph in the midst of it all. And God had a greater plan. And boy, that's so hard to see sometimes. But God was there. If you have someone up here, a family member or a loved one, and you'd like to join them in prayer, would you come and just stand behind them? Don't scream in their ear. Don't ask them why they're here. It's just important to have a prayer of agreement today. Joseph had to fight temptations. First thing the devil did to try to take him out was temptation. We are tempted. I don't know about we. I'm tempted every day of my life. I'm tempted every day. Satan wants to take us out. Discouragement comes in. Loneliness comes in. We get bitter sometimes. And, and the list goes on and on. But God wants to help you. Heavenly Father, today, you spoke before I spoke that we need to put the armor on and get ready for the fight. 
Lord, I am so excited as I stand here and see all these people that have come forward because that means there's a lot of people that know that God has a plan and God has a purpose for their life. That's exciting to me. And they recognize that their help comes from the Lord, and that's exciting for me. And today we've been made aware that the devil is trying to take us out. I know we heard it before, we know it, but Lord, today we fight. Today we fight, and we say, God, surround us. You are our refuge, and you are our strength, and our help comes from the Lord. And Lord, when we are weak, we know that you are the one that makes us strong. When we, when we, we are struggling and, 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 and we're discouraged and, and the temptations just seem to overtake us, Lord, we put our, our trust in you. Lord, for Joseph, there wouldn't even be the, the nation of Israel today. Lord, our life does matter. We don't know the choices we make today. We don't know how that's going to affect 50 years from now our children, our grandchildren, etc. God, we need you today. And I pray for my brothers and my sisters that each one of them are going, they, they, they came here in faith. They humbled themselves and walked up here. And now, God, I just pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill their minds and their hearts. Lord, that they will be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And that when Satan comes to destroy, Lord, we're going to be aware, we're going to be strong, we're going to say no, we're going to do what is necessary, we're going to fight this so that we can be the person that God has called us to be. We will not accept defeat. We will not accept this. We say no to temptation, we say no to the devil, and we say yes to God. And Lord, I pray for Joseph's to be in this room right here, that we will understand that you've allowed some things for a higher purpose, and Lord, that we are going to trust you with our future and our dream. And we're going to be faithful in the small things. And Lord, we're going to trust you with the future. We just bind the spirit of the enemy. We bind the spirit of temptation. We bind these things for Lord, we were singing today where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we don't have to be bound by temptation, fear, worry, doubt. Lord, we're going to break these things in Jesus' name and be the person that you have called us to be. Lord, we will trust you. We do trust you. And we thank you for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.